Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, round 11 review, round 12 preview. Uh, as always, my name is Reed and I am joined by some great guests with me tonight. I have Simon and Jason from MLS Fantasy Viz. Hey, Reed. Yeah. What's going on, guys? And uh, as also as always, tonight's episode is brought to you by the great Reddit community, r slash fantasy MLS. If you haven't checked it out by now, Go ahead and do it. It's it's fantastic. A great place to just talk about the game with other fans. And this podcast is also brought to you by whatever is in the water in Orlando. I don't know, but perhaps we should someone to look into it. So first things first, guys, a strange week. How did your teams do? Yeah, that was a bizarre week. I actually somehow ended up okay. I think okay was absolutely fine for this week honestly i ended up with 52 points and took a minus four so 48 um and that was with three guys not playing so martins and then powers and fail so i'm totally happy with that would have been so much better if dc wouldn't have given up a last gasp goal but what can you do no complaints for uh totally basically not totally sucking on a week where everything could have gone wrong yeah, it was definitely a brutal week. I had Gonzalez didn't play, Failhaber didn't play, Spindle didn't play, Franklin didn't play both games, which I thought for sure he would. The only thing I had going was, with was that uh, Hamid clean sheet that Philadelphia decided to crush my my soul with at the end of the game. There, I was yeah, I was pretty depressed by the end of it. Not, <laughs> I was I was more upset than I should be over fantasy. <laughs> I think judging by the responses and the rant thread at Reddit and some of the messages I got on Twitter uh, from the Fantasy Boss account, I, I think a lot of people were in that same boat with you. A lot of a lot of angry DC and, and Fantasy fans who uh, went all in with the DC people. Uh, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I finished with 56 points. I took a minus four this week, and it was a, I wasn't planning on it, but it was a last-minute thing. I saw that Silva was starting for for dc and i thought there maybe could be something good there i ended up dropping who did i drop for him i might have dropped i think i was going to get fail hopper and i dropped him so at least i got two points out of that mm. uh, so not the worst <laughs> minus four i guess could have taken uh but no i went in heavy with dc as well and i also captained hamid so i feel the pain of everyone out there the average was 42 this week so not super awesome and i believe the highest points was 107 let me check yeah back here 107 points was the highest and that guy took a minus 16 so Ooh. got smoked got smoked. yeah but he went in with three dc three orlando players and captain kaka so interesting interesting choices that some people felt we'll get to that a little bit later but some quick reminders first everyone be sure to check out the disciplinary committee and the injury reports there were some yellow cards last week um particularly some that are questionable that may or may not get called back i i don't know i've got a couple questions on twitter about this i'm not sure what the status of those of those cards are i don't think the committee's decided and uh, we may not hear before my best advice is to just assume it's not and and make your choices going from there but keep an eye on that right on the mls fantasy soccer actually not fantasy soccer it's right on the mls soccer.com's page to find all those updates so check that out first so moving on to what i know you guys are all here for Let's talk about fantasy picks for round 12. And like we like to, we're going to start with the double game week teams, especially since Jason here is our local New England expert and the Sporting Kansas City fanboy. 
well, at least for Fayhaber. So let's, those two teams, New England and Sporting Kansas City, who do you guys like? Uh, for Sporting Kansas City, Fayhaber and Dwyer, I think, are the best options. Zussi's injured. Um, he would be a great double game pick. But, yeah. Um, I like Espinoza, but I don't know if eh. – if I was going to pick, I'd still go with Fayhaber for sure. Um, I like Sonovic as a defender. He hasn't been – was he injured, I guess? He's got a lot of zeros on there, but then a seven and a two. I think he's always a solid pick um, as a defender. A little expensive at 7.6. That's no, not too expensive for a defender, I guess. A little bit. Solid yeah, I would say Failhaber, Dwyer, Sinovic, if I was going to go with Sporting Kansas City. Um, for the Revs, I liked Caldwell until this week. Um, Gonzalez is back for the Revs, which pushed Jones up into the midfield, which pushes Jones back. I mean, Caldwell back in the midfield. When Caldwell and Jones are on, Jones is going to go forward. Um, they've said as much. So um, I probably wouldn't go with anyone in the midfield except for maybe Kellen Rowe. He's going to split goals with Davies and Aguadello. Um, Wynn hasn't been putting up points. Um, I think he's been effective on the field, but he hasn't been you know, a good choice fantasy-wise yet. So I would probably say Kellen Rowe, Davies, or Aguadello. Um, I will have Davies and Aguadello both this week um for the defense you've got uh woodbury who's looking great um i wouldn't take a risk on any of the other ones personally uh what else i don't know did you already mention um what's his name who's the guy that i have i have feral so yeah feral's good um like he He's hit or miss. He will get up. You know, he's he's going to get bonus points. He may get an assist. Um, he's a good option. Yeah, I'm, he's kind of this he's kind of this weird jack of all trades defender. Like he's played some wing, he's played some middle, he's played keeper. I don't know. He's uh, I, I like him. I just don't know what to really expect from him from week to week. I mean, like he's pretty consistent <laughs> though in terms of point value. Um, he's usually, I mean four to five points a game, sometimes more, depending on if they get a clean sheet. But Yeah, I forgot about that. I mean, he's like, at 55 for the year. so Like, he's pretty solid. He's just kind of a lot of money. Um, he's been on my team the last, since I think week eight. Oh, nice. So he's kind of had off weeks the last two weeks. But his stats, you know, I think his CBI stats are pretty solid. Let me check them out. Yeah, so... He only had uh, seven this past week, but he had 11 before and 12 before that. Um, you know, yeah, I think he's good for recoveries. Two bonus a game. Yeah, he's usually good for two to three bonus points a game. So that's kind of what I like about him. I don't, the guy like never scores goals for some reason, which is bizarre for a guy of his height, but it's because he, he made a bet with his brother and now he, I don't know if it's still going this year, but he couldn't shave his beard <laughs> until he scores a goal. So um, actually ran into him at a Boston Breakers game and yelled across the stands, shave the beard. <laughs> so he gave me a, a thumbs up. Yeah. That's my, my <laughs> so of you guys mentioned a keeper. Is this is this a week to just ride out with Hamid, or do you think someone like Shuttleworth is, is going to be the guy to go to? I like, I like Shuttleworth as a pick. Um, I think he's great with saves, and he may get you know a bonus bonus point from that. I just don't know with Gonzalez being back whether the Revs have a clean sheet in him. Um, he seems to be the kind of player that once he gets to know the guys he's with, then you know 
he knows what to do and it works really well. Mm. I think when he's playing with new with new guys, it doesn't work so well. So I'm not sure how I'm not sure with him coming back what it's going to look like. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they can get a clean sheet. Well, I guess yeah. the big question we can relate to that is if you have Hamid, which I'm sure a lot of people who are listening do, do you trade them for any keeper this week against the Rebs who have who've been doing pretty well with goals? Yeah, I would probably keep Hamid and pick up somebody else if I was going to make a goalkeeper trade, but I would probably just stick with Hamid and not worry about it. But there's a question about this later. so um, Yeah, maybe I'm, there is. I'm on the same page. I'm keeping Hamid. It's like... I don't know. Seems seems like a, if you're gonna maybe it's gonna cost you a minus four or whatever. It doesn't really seem worth it to me. But um, yeah, there we go. There's my thoughts on that. I have to agree. I uh, took a, ch- a chance with Caldwell this week. I, I like that cheap price, and uh, it didn't it didn't help me out too much in my midfield. So I'll probably have to look about swapping that out. I ended up with three New England players and four DC players this week. And after I made my trading confirmed my team i looked at it and thought how in the world did that happen but uh yeah i'm not i'm not upset about it but yeah disappointing to to not get to, to capitalize on caldwell but you never know maybe he'll pop back up later on the season he seems pretty capable and a good guy to keep an eye on so moving down to our single game week players a lot more teams here guys so tell me who do you, who do you like can you give me three players from each position maybe not keep yeah them. oh three for each position no, I'll give you one from each position. I'm always terrible at this three for each position thing. I can't even keep that many names straight in my head, which is terrible. Uh, at Well, let's start in midfield because that's where I'm at. Clint Dempsey, uh, you know what? He's got a double game week next week, so why don't you have Clint Dempsey on your team? Duh. Uh, have Clint Dempsey. I don't know. That's that's my like midfield pick. Um, I'll give you another one for midfield, Diego Valeri, because he's got a double game the next week, and he's away against Toronto, and it's not like Toronto keeps clean sheets all that often. So, Plus, Diego Valeri has had a goal and an assist in his first games back. He seems like a pretty safe bet. Um, maybe I can do this three for each position. Let's see. As soon as I say that, I don't have anyone. Um, You're cursed. Yeah, that was bad. Uh, let's see. Man, I prepared for this too, which is the worst part about forgetting it. Oh, uh, it's okay, don't worry. Single game quality over quantity. There we go. For forward, Kai Kamara. Kai Kamara is like always my pick at forward, but he's playing at home against the Chicago Fire. If he doesn't score, something is crazy. So I don't care that they had an off day against the whatever the earthquakes. Yeah, they got that guy sent off. The whatever. Who, That's a whatever match. Who? That's a throwaway. Who so. are doing surprisingly better than I think most people expected. Can can we at least give the Earthquake some credit in that area? No. No? Okay. They have Dominic Kinnear as their coach. They're, of course they were going to do fine. I mean, they're still a bad team, but their coach is good. They have bad players, but their coach is good, so they're going to win some games. <laughs> like, that's how it works in MLS. Uh, and for defense, I'm going to go with if you want like a one game pick like Hamison Olave. Uh I think Salt Lake's kind of bad this year, but they're playing against NYCFC at home and they have a double next week, so why not? And at goalkeeper, if you want a one game pick uh where am I at here? I had someone in mind a single game pick. Yeah, I'll go the same and say Nick Romando. I think uh 
they're always a pretty good bet for for a shutout so against uh, NYCFC. So now is that more because of RSL or is that more because of NYC? It's because of NYC. <laughs> All right. So for me, for forwards, oh, are you done? Did you goalkeeper? Oh, I'm absolutely done. All right. Um, for forwards, I would say definitely Kai Kamara and Bradley Wright Phillips. Um, I think both of those are going to have good weeks. Um, for midfielders, Dempsey, Valeri, Jovinko. Uh, I think they're all pretty much explained themselves. Um, for defender, I would go with Laurentowitz, actually. Columbus is a tough matchup, but he's putting in the work, three bonus points. He's getting goals. You know, I think I think he's going to be the one standout for, for Chicago. Um, otherwise, for defenders, I'm pretty much mad at all my favorite defenders. So, really <laughs> Budget line to, looking better, isn't it? I don't know what to do about that. Um, yeah, for single game players, that's what I'm thinking. And Simon, has, for Montreal, has had a, a good run too, but I don't know if um, home against Dallas, that's going to be kind of tough. But Yeah, we have a question about Montreal a little bit later, but yeah, that's. Uh, I was glad to see them win, I had to say this this week it was it was good to see some of that back get a little bit of of reward for all those loyal fans up there looking at the chart it's it's kind of a rough week for for teams a lot of teams are on some pretty good form just based on the elo system that i use over there at fantasy boss lots of threes and fours so lots of guys right there in that solid area which i think speaks well for the mls how how tough it can be and how even a lot of the teams are matched but but then you throw in people like new york city and philly so <laughs> But that's that's where I think lots of you guys are moving to, and I and I can't disagree there. Bradley Wright Phillips and Sam or Felipe are some guys to definitely keep an eye on during that Philadelphia game. I'm not as awesome with RSL even against New York City. Uh, I don't know. It's just been kind of disappointing with their their recent form. That. Sorry, Simon. I'm just like you. I just lost my train of thought. What do you guys think about Vancouver? They had a bit of a hiccup last week. Or maybe not for you, Simon, since they were playing against Seattle. But they had that little two-goal loss. And now they're going into Colorado. Is it? Someone asked me on Twitter, is it time to drop Ribeiro? Uh, did I make that a question later on? I think that is a question on there, yeah. So don't answer that. Okay. Sneak peek for what's coming up. But just besides Ribeiro, what are you guys thinking about, about Vancouver? I mean, Pedro Morales is still awesome. Um, I can't say too much more without just giving my full answer for the next part. So, fair enough. Fortunately, that's yeah. that's our first question, so we'll we'll just hold back on that, and we'll just jump right into who are your must-have players for or your differentials for this round. So, before we go, on, I would just say one more defender, um, Marvel Wynn. He's doing Good really great with San Jose and going up against Orlando. Orlando, that was total Floridian slip there. Um, I don't think Orlando's that great, and I think that uh, Wynn has a good game against them. Sorry. No, we can go on. Yeah, no no problem. I, I like both of your defender picks. Those are kind of out there, not really out of the blue, but definitely not your normal run-of-the-mill defender picks, especially when people like Gonzalez haven't been showing up. So, uh, But I guess moving right along, and I'm going to go ahead and say, besides Failhaber, I think we could all agree on that one, do you have any must-have or differential picks for round 12? Well, until I was reading some of the questions, actually Valeri pops up, I think, as a good differential because a lot of people are going to have Dempsey in that price range, and it's really hard to squeeze in several 11-plus million players. So definitely, I think he's got a 
great lineup coming up. And he's, yeah, anyway, we'll get to that in a bit. That's all I got. Oh, um, I've got, well, Valerian Dempsey were going to be my two also. <laughs> And if anyone's um, interested, Valeri's ownership is 2.1% right now as of recording. So that definitely falls into an awesome differential category, I believe. And they're playing Toronto, like, like Simon said. Come on. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm actually not going to have Valeri this week. It sounds kind of dumb, but I still just don't trust Portland on the road. I think, like, just in my head, like, it makes sense as just, like, logically and with the stats, it makes sense. But there's something in my like gut that's telling me to shy away from it this week and wait to next week, especially because I just don't really have a way to make it work without uh, doing some stupid things. So I think if you could have both of them, though, there's no reason not to. They're so good. So, Well, let I, me throw this question out real quick before we move on. Looking ahead to round 13, if you're juggling Valeri Dempsey, which double game week for round 13 do you like better? Do you like Portland's DC at home and then away to Colorado? Or do you like Seattle's Colorado at home and then New York at home? Oh, Seattle's, no question. Yeah, I think Seattle's is probably better. So there we go. Maybe that's going to sway some people over. So now, moving into our question period. Thank you, everyone who submitted questions through Reddit and online through Twitter. And as I was getting to earlier... Our first question comes from, actually, Simon, I think you're supposed to read this question. Oh, we're going to do this. Okay. Uh, JP Gentry asks, is it time to call quits on Rivero? Who would you swap him with? Um, Sorry, I made that way more dramatic than it had to be. Uh, no, I liked it. I don't know. No. I don't think it's time to. I don't know why you have him on your team right now just because... He's not really good for this week or next week, and there are lots of forwards who are. Um, my must-have forwards are Kai Kamara, and no matter if it's a double or a single game week, he's like so far, in a way, one of the best forwards in fantasy that I think you're crazy if you don't have him. Oh, it looks like he's the top scoring. No, no, he's not. How many is, is he the top scoring forward in fantasy? Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, that's why you're crazy if you don't have him. Uh, and he's less money than like all the rest of them. So why wouldn't you have him? Uh, Kai Kamara and, you know, Bradley Wright Phillips is great, but he's in a different price range and he doesn't really have the double games coming up. Uh, once we figure out what the deal with Martins is, injury status, every time I picked up Martins this year, he like basically has screwed me on injuries. So um, I think Martins is kind of a must-have if he's healthy, but... Who knows on that one? So the short answer to that question is no, I don't think you need to dump Rivero um, this week if you don't have a good replacement. It's not like a disaster. He's playing against Colorado. They're not that good. He can score goals. They're playing against Salt Lake at home next week. They're not that good. So I think he's still a fine choice. I just don't think he's the best choice. Yeah, I pretty much agree. He had a great start to the season, four goals in five games, and now he's had one in six. But in that same time frame, you know, Perales had low scores as well. I think uh, I think uh, Perales had eight points in four games, and Rivero had seven in four games. So it coincided. And against tough teams like, you know, Seattle, and I don't recall who else, but, you know, some of their good games were against 
you know, lesser teams. So, you know, maybe watch their, you know, who they're going up against because they're, they're a very potent pair. And when one does well, I think the other one will go with them. Um, there also was a follow-up question. I don't know if we want to go into it, but Buckman United asked a follow-up asking trade Rivero for Kamara, Aguadelo, or Davies. Um, I would say that I don't think Davies or Aguadelo goes 90 minutes in both games. I think they split minutes 60, 90 over the games. Um, Davies has been more reliable scorer out of the two, but I think Aguadelo is a better player and will get chances. I think Kamara is probably the better choice overall if you're going to be smart, I guess. Um, and he has a good schedule coming up with Chicago, Orlando, and then a double game week against Philly and Montreal. Can't really you know, see him doing poorly all across that. So I would probably say Kamara is a smart pick, but I have Davies and Aguadelo on my team this week. So I'm I'm just going all in on double game week gambling till until <laughs> it's over. Go big or go home. And I just want to say, it's not like he's been totally awful during all of those six weeks. He, he's gotten one goal and one assist in the last four. So he is still doing some production. But yeah, definitely not the guy like he was at the start of the season. I, I'd say you can get rid of him right now. That's been a fun part about this new system with the price changes is it's so much easier to drop these guys moving forward, especially when you're looking at their schedule. They don't have a double game week until round 14, which is Montreal and LA both away before their bye week. So I would say if you have him right now, drop him for Chicago. They're playing against RSL, which I'm ranking pretty low right now, but you never know having a Morales come back is just going to be different for that team completely. So I'd say, yeah, drop him, capitalize on some guys during these next two double game weeks, and then bring him back in for round 14. So moving on to our next question comes from Stins Master 42. He says, Laren has been playing pretty well recently. Do you guys think he's won the starting spot at Orlando and that he keeps scoring? Well, I'm, I think Orlando's just happy they found someone who has been scoring. That's that's a different feeling for them, it must be. I, I know I think he's I think he's done his part to to win his spot, at least for right now. And uh, as far as keep scoring, uh, you know, I don't know. I I look at this Orlando team for round 11 as a bit of a fluke. Uh, the the fantasy person in me says, well, you know, this is a, a good result for Orlando. It could be a a turn in form. It's it's worth keeping an eye on. Maybe you can get some guys early who have had some price drops. People like Ka Laren, who's already dirt cheap. That's that's the more bonus for Laren is he's dirt cheap already, but then my personal opinion is we could lock a thousand monkeys into a room with a typewriter and eventually give us Shakespeare. And that's what we got out of Orlando last week with Shakespeare. Yeah. I think Reed said it pretty well. Um, <laughs> sure. If you want to cheap forward, grab Laren, I guess I think he's a good forward. I actually think he's a really good player. I just don't trust that team still wait until it's more than one result against a team traveling all the way across the country with no DPs and the midfield that's kind of in shambles before we say that he's like going to start scoring against everyone. Yeah. I don't really have much to add. I don't know that much about Orlando necessarily. I would think with, with how he's played that he'll get, you know, at least the next couple of starts, but I don't, I don't know how, how long that lasts, but for the price, you know, pretty tempting to keep him around. 
Our next question is from the Bearded Engineer. Is Harry Ship really worth the hype he has gotten up to now? Is he just off form at the moment or just not having the season people anticipated? Um, for the price, he's still doing okay. He's averaging, well, it's still a little high. He's averaging four points per game, four and a half when he plays 90 minutes. I don't think he's on target for the seven-goal season he had last year, but he's doing great on assists. He's He had six last year, and he's already at three. I think he's. I guess he's been pushed back um, for. I can't remember the player's name. Someone said it on Reddit. Um, I think for the price range, there's a lot of players like uh, Finlay at uh, Columbus or MPG, uh, Perez Garcia, are both better mid-tier options, although a little more expensive. I would throw Caldwell into that mix, but he's gone down in my estimation with Jones back in the midfield. So, I think he's slightly overrated, but he's still a pretty consistent point earner. Maloney's the guy that I think you were looking for. Who? Oh, Maloney. Yeah, Maloney. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I think ship has bright spots. I don't think that he's, I think there was a lot of hype early on. So I don't think he's quite lived up to all the hype that people had at the beginning. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of competition from midfield at Chicago too. So it's, there's going to be some, some, some flow with that, but uh, yeah, I think there's some better people. He's in a nice price range, but I, I do agree there's some, some better options out there. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, they pretty much said it in terms of fantasy production. Man, he's a really good player, though. So there we go. I like having good players in fantasy, and Harry Ship is a really, really good player. Um, that said, he's, I don't know, fantasy wise, I'm not on the Harry ship train just because I don't, I don't really trust the Chicago fire. So just as a team, don't like having players from bad teams and they're a bad team. So, uh, unfortunately I think it's, I think it's a consistent four, not a consistent five. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, on to the next one. Mike Dat Tiger asks, Miram has been earning bonus points. But he also hasn't played a full 90 since week six. That makes me a little nervous about keeping him in my lineup, but should it? Ooh, boy. Um, Jason might have a better answer for this in terms of stats. Uh, Sure, it should make you a little bit nervous, though. Playing any player that doesn't consistently play close to 90 every week should absolutely make you nervous. Um. That said, he's clearly in a starting role, and I don't know. Miram seems fine to me. I don't really have an issue with him personally, but yeah, he's not really on my radar in terms of a player I want. I tend to prefer Finlay a little bit in that in that spot. Yeah, so he's scoring better than he did last year, although last year he had a lot of games where it was like you know 15 minutes, 20 minutes here and there, so... I don't really recall what the deal is. If that was injury, I'm guessing. I don't know. Um, I'm just being old. I don't know. Uh, he's averaged six points a game when he's played, but he hasn't played that many games, so he's down as far as overall points. When he's played 90, he's averaging eight minutes, eight points a game. I don't know if that's you know going to last, but I, I personally wouldn't worry about it too much until he drops below 45 minutes per game. It seems like his minutes are going up and not down. Um, like they're working him in, so I personally wouldn't worry about it too much. But at the same time, I don't know if, you know, how consistent he's really going to be. I think you guys hit the nail on the head just talking about some of of the point spreads that they have, and that is that eternal question I feel with with Columbus is Mayor Finlay. That's 
a total price difference there too. I know Merrim 7.8 and Finley might be 8.7. He's, he's eight something at least uh, eight, three. He's, he's eight, three. I like Merrim. I'm not too concerned about the, the minutes that he's playing. Cause he's still getting some production during that. So during those five games that he's played fewer than 90 minutes, he's scored two goals and gotten an assist. So uh, can't complain too much. He's in sort of an upper mid price range with the right set of circumstances that I think Columbus is facing, I think he's totally a viable option. And moving on to our next question comes from Let's Go Fire, which I must apologize for our Chicago bashing so far, Let's Go Fire. Uh, he says, I want to have two playing keepers who I can rotate. With Amid as a must-have, who is the best keeper to have for the weeks leading up to the next free transfer week, which is round 15, for those of you not keeping score. Uh, so he can be rotated with Hamid. Well, I think the obvious answer that, that people are going to go with is someone a little bit cheaper. And I think most people are going to pick Derek for that. Uh, if you've got some more points to to throw around, they're not points. If you've got some more budget to throw around, then I think you go with Clark from the Columbus crew. I know we mentioned before that there's a bit of a chance that Hamid might get a call up for the national team. Some of them are around round 14. So if you have Clark, then you can already be set to take advantage of, if you have him right now, the Chicago game. And then down the road, you can have him for the Philly-Montreal game in round 14. Oh, boy. Um, I don't really have anything to add to that. So I'm going to leave it the way it was. Pretty good answer there, Reed. And there's not a lot of keeper options to go with, and there's really – not a huge difference between some of the top keepers. So uh, I was big into rotating keepers at the start of the season. I'm kind of okay if you just want to roll with one, though, at this point. Yeah. Oh, you know what I was going to say, actually? Did you say Fry? I didn't say Fry. Yeah, Fry has three home games in a row. If you want an alternative keeper, I don't think you should be rotating keepers, first of all. It's a waste of money. Um, but if you want... an Keeper that's not Hamid, Fry is a really good option. The problem is then, then again, you have to pick up another double game keeper in week 14 because Hamid works for 13 and 14, whereas Fry only works for uh, 13. But Fry is probably a better option this coming week in 12 than Hamid is. So maybe that kind of balances out a little bit. And I actually think his game week in 13 is better than Hamid's too. And he's cheaper than Hamid. So I think, honestly... It's more of a you should choose one and rotating is kind of insane financially. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. Fry is a good option. Sticking with one keeper is better. If you have, you know, money and slots where you don't have to worry about other positions to to make goalkeeper trades, then maybe it's a good idea, but I don't know. If you if you can do that, your team is not hot garbage apparently, because mine is <laughs> Mine is a bag of garbage on fire, and I, I can't even think about trading goalkeepers right now. I love how you guys who are listening have been keeping that hashtag alive. Keep doing it. It, it makes me happy every time. I think we'll I skip the next one. question. That, do another yeah, I do one? have a hot garbage real quick. When you actually cheer for yellow cards and hope for red cards for just to keep everyone else's scores down, your, your team's probably hot garbage, <laughs> which I was definitely doing on Sunday. So sorry. Like I'm a bad person. Uh, to jump in real quick, our next question is from Hayden M.T. Taylor, 
or sorry, M Taylor nine. And he asked us about Valeri in, in round 13. And I think we've already addressed that one higher up. So we're just going to skip that question and uh, move right on to the next one, Simon. Yeah. So man, my, the mustache, man, me, man, my, the mustache. I don't know, but that's cool. I like mustaches with names. Uh, asks, is anyone on Montreal a sleeper pick since CCL is over and having only played six games so far? Plenty of double game weeks coming up, and we don't quite know how good they are this season. Well, that is an interesting question because I have to say, this is something that I have been thinking about quite a bit. And the answer that most people might think is kind of obvious is Piatti as a player uh, because he can score a lot of goals for them. The flip side is sometimes he has games where he does not quite get the bonus points. Um, and I find that frustrating. He's very involved in their offense, though. No. Um, what am I trying to say here? Uh, the point is he's one of the players that I would look at and also perhaps... Uh, I don't know. I don't think they're that good. So, But Dilly Duca is another player that I like for them. Again, he's bonus point-wise is kind of a, you know, could be a lot better, and sometimes he doesn't play the full 90. But I think the way that's probably best to answer your question is in terms of their schedule. So they have quite a few double game weeks coming up. Well, yeah, they have one in 14. Um, Vancouver at home and then Columbus away. And then we've got these free transfer areas, but they don't have one in 12 or 13, so I don't know why you want to pick up Montreal players right now. Where where their double games really kick in is later in the season. They've got one in 17. They've got one in 23. They've got one in uh, 29. they got one in 32. So maybe it's better to wait until then when you really have an idea of who the best players to pick up for Montreal uh, are because... At the moment right now, you know, it's a little bit uncertain who the best players are. And if you've watched their, their CCL, that's great. You have a better idea. But at the same time, I think it's that they're not one of the better teams in MLS. And it seems kind of risky to me. Yeah, Romero and Simon have had some good games. Um, I don't know if that lasts. Um, Piotti is an exciting player games last year and three of them he scored over 10 points so that's not a bad 50 percent over 10 average but i don't know if you know if it's realistic to expect anything close to that this year but definitely something to keep an eye on um i like duca i don't know so much about adoro uh not really hot on bush yeah yeah i don't really see much else that really stands out you can get McInerney if he's playing against the revs he seems to always score against us um yeah, I would say hold off for sure until we have more games under our belt to to really see how they're doing fantasy-wise. I definitely agree. I was I didn't even watch this game, and then I saw the score later on. Later on, I was like, "Excuse me, what? I'll have to watch that twenty-minute recap of this." It caught me by surprise, and like I said earlier, I was really happy just going down the list. Bush is a quality player as a, as a cheap keeper. You'd have to really question the line that he's playing behind, but he—he's a great guy. If you wanted to do a rotation on a really cheap guy, uh, but maybe someone to look at during a double game. Simon, like was already mentioned, he's—he's he's somebody that I looked at at the beginning of the season before all of the missed games. There's just so many 
red flags for Montreal. They're they're like Orlando when it comes to that. I know Toyo was a cheap guy that people liked early on. He's red flagged. E. Miller was a cheap guy we liked last year. He's not red flagged, but he's 6.0, and he's got seven points. So no thank you. Romero is, is I think, one to keep an eye on. He's 7.7, kind of that upper middle range. So under the right circumstances, maybe. And McInerney would be who I would go for over Oduro. So that's he, he can score. That's that's one thing I, I will say. Oduro is all about the hair more so. I think he's been struggling for a little bit. But I do think it's worth waiting for Montreal, though they might not be the Chivas team that I thought they were going to. So this next question is from Twitter, and it comes from at Macintosh Roscoe. And he says, with big double game weeks coming up, how important is it not being dragged into taking huge hits to to get max number of players in? So I think this is the classic double game week situation. Um, So let's just weigh in, I guess, all three of us on this time. I am not a huge fan of two-team double game weeks, so I don't think it's super important to take huge hits. I definitely would not advise taking huge hits for this double game week to get in the maximum number of double game week players. Um, maybe having four wouldn't be too bad of a, of a combination between whoever you decide to go for. But no, I, I don't think this is this is the, the time to take those hits. Save that for when you have a lot more teams coming up like we're going to see in round 13, 14, and 17. Yeah, I don't like... I'm going to assume that they're not talking about this round because they say big double game weeks, but maybe they think that round 12 is a big double game week. So yeah, I totally agree with Reed on that one. Um, You know, I'm always a fan of, you know, taking hits if you need to, but the reality of the situation is that you shouldn't need to take a lot of hits because you should already be prepared. Um, If you, you know, Let's see, after this week, after I make my transfers for this week, and I'm probably going to take a four-point hit this week um, just because that's how I that's how I do things. Um, also, Martins is injured, and that scares me. But uh, I'm going to, after this week, have one, two, three, four five, six, seven players already for the next double game week, and then I'm probably going to grab two more. Um, So I'll have nine probably for week 13. And then week 14 I'm not super into, but I'll probably have six or seven for that just because I'll have, you know, quite a few DC players and a couple more. But I, I don't think you should take massive hits. Just take what you think is going to be good. Remember, every hit you take, you probably think, oh, okay, well, if the player plays both games, then at least uh, two points of, of that four-point hit is made up by the fact that they've, uh, they're have they getting that extra 90, but then maybe they don't, and who knows in the production before that. You just kind of got to do the math and see if you think it's going to be a net gain. Um, and then especially for these ones, since we've got free wild cards coming up, it's not like a planning for the future thing. It's a 
oh, you better get these points right now for it to be worth it kind of thing. So I guess I'd advocate against taking massive hits, but taking a minus four or a minus eight, if you do the math and you think, oh, it's really worth it, then that's not such a big deal. Yeah, that pretty much covers it. I mean, it's it's just a gamble. And if, if we're trying to pick double game week players that are really going to score big, taking, you know, I mean, there's the guys who hit over 100 taking minus fours to pull in uh, Orlando players, which I don't think any of us would have, you know, predicted was really going to happen, you know, go big that way. But, I mean, Kakash or, you know, big name players, sometimes it's worth taking a hit on, but. Right, and that's what I did with Silva. So it, it can't happen. It can't happen. <clears throat> so this next question uh, I actually got emailed to me, and I wanted to bring it up here because I, I enjoyed it. I thought it might be helpful for some people to hear and just a little bit of discussion about it. And this comes from Joanna, and she said, why do the bonus points seem not to reward certain positional players? Or in practice, is there a way to avoid or identify this mathy omission without spending hours looking through each individual's key passes, recoveries, at all stats that lead to bonus points. Well, with, with Hope, our podcast, and some of the resources at Reddit will help you not have to do that. Uh, sometimes a player looks great on the field, uh, imperative even, but consistently is getting only two to three points a game. Put another way, if I want to score well in fantasy, do I have to suck it up and trade the players I love to watch for those who take set pieces and or receive the service from the kinds of players I love to watch. What do you guys think? Yes, you do have to trade some of the players you like to watch. It's, uh, you know, there's several bad habits you can get into. Picking your favorite player that is amazing, picking your home team players um, without the numbers to back them up. It's, it's tempting. You know, there's a lot of great players like, you know, Jermaine Jones is never going to be a massive fantasy player he's just not um you know being effective in a game doesn't always translate into the bonus points so um specifically to your question of do you have to do the math um some of us are already doing the math for you if you check out mlsfantasyviz.com my site um you know it breaks down you know attacking bonus points defensive bonus points you can sort by form bonus points so you don't have to go through and look at each individual stat and i should look at some other ways to uh because I, I tend to I tend to like to think of five weeks back and five weeks forward, and uh, I, I need to try to come up with a few better ways to really get a feel for bonus points over the last five weeks. I think that's the one thing that's lacking that I'm always trying to look up elsewhere. So maybe I'll try to add that in the next week or so. Um, but I think bonus points are huge for having a consistent team. Um, now, so yeah. Joanna's specific example here is she is a DC fan and she just likes kitchen. Yo, let me address Perry Kitchen. I love Perry Kitchen. I think that this guy, you are not going to find a guy who will rave about Perry Kitchen much more than me as a player, Joanna. Um, like, legitimately, this guy is probably the second best defensive midfielder in the U.S. pool, and the fact that he doesn't start for our team drives me up the wall, um, if you're a U.S. fan. So, yes, I love Perry Kitchen, but... If he's not getting involved in the attack, like I love to watch him, but fantasy is a sport that rewards getting involved in the attack at every level because he's going to get some defensive bonus points, but he can't get the clean sheets for being a defender. So, you know, he might do well bonus point wise. I'm not really sure because I haven't like 
just as a blanket thing, I don't put defensive midfielders on my team in any way. So let's look here. Uh, no bonus points. No bonus points in the previous, in both games this week. Um, before then, he had, it looks like, one bonus point. Two bonus points. No, one, bo- one bonus point. So he's not even getting the defensive bonus points, and this is another issue. But And he doesn't really have the capacity to score goals, so... I mean, they might be fun to watch, but it's about what matters in fantasy. And if you would just want to have a team of players that's, like, fun to watch or whatever, that's great. No one's... I mean, the prizes in fantasy are not big enough to, like, where you should be caring about it a ton. But just know that with the way the game is set up, uh, you're looking for players who are going to get those bonus points and then, in addition to bonus points, can get things like goals and assists on top of that. And Perry Kitchen is not one of those players. So as much as I love to watch him and think that he could start for a bunch of Premier League teams, uh, I don't think he's great in fantasy. I think there are definitely a couple of fast rules that you could go by when you're making these sorts of decisions. And Simon touched on it really well with his, with his explanation. Defensive midfielders are people that I usually try to keep away from. It's <clears throat> excuse me. It's just harder to get those defensive bonus points, uh, six points to get one or six recoveries or six CBIs to get one bonus point compared to the key passes or the crosses for the more attacking players. So I usually try to keep away from them. On the defenders, I usually try to keep away from the fullbacks. I know that they do run forward down the wings. You get some chances for the crosses, maybe a goal every now and then, but they're not getting the CBIs that the center backs are. And that's easier for them to get those bonus numbers for those points. Fantasy in MLS is so much different than fantasy in EPL because we do have this different bonus point system and we're not just relying on these raw goals and assist statistics that, that you're looking for in that game. Keepers, I like guys that get recoveries. That tends to be the stat that sets them apart from the others. Otherwise, it's just too hard to predict who's going to get a clean sheet. I, I just don't. That's that's way too hard. And forwards, besides raw goals, which is really what you're looking for in a forward, guys who can pass and get those assists are are key. People like Higuain, who's actually playing more back in a midfield role. That's why he gets those things. But Henri, like he was last year, and Keane, whenever he's not injured, are other guys that, that can do some of that that sharing that really helps set them apart. So, yeah, unfortunately, like I said in my short email I sent back to you, and like we've already touched on here, you do. You do have to not play the guys that you love. But with hope, you're going to play guys that you're going to come to love because they get your points. So I guess that's the trade-off, but yeah, it's uh, it can be rough, and I think a lot of people feel your pain about yeah. that. Can I add one more thing? Joanna, I, to- I totally feel you on the only wanting to have players that you enjoy watching. and I knew you would. <laughs> like, it's totally, uh, like, it's a terrible habit, honestly, uh, and I've come around a little bit on a player like Bradley Wright Phillips, who I actually think is a lot more fun this year to watch than he was last year just in terms of his role has changed, but I'm not going to put players on my team that I think are not great players. Um, Even if their fantasy production is pretty good. I know like uh, Jason was saying Laurentowitz is a pretty good pick. Like 
he probably is fantasy wise. I just don't think he's a very good player, so I'm not going to have him on my team. Um, <laughs> I know it's it's terrible. It's a terrible way to go about things. But like or like Pa Mudu Ka, if you're looking at defenders, what? is like he's two, four, six. He's seventh in overall points. Pamodo Ka is a terrible player. Like, absolutely terrible. I will not have players on my team that can do things who just like fall asleep on random plays like he did this weekend and can cost you a clean sheet because of that. So it's probably stupid, but I totally feel you. And that's one of the battles that I fight all the time is like, I should probably have this player who statistically is very good. And since it's a game that's literally statistics, you know, it's probably the best way to go about things. But at the same time, oh, I can't have bad players on my team or players that I hate rooting for. Oh, poor guy. Well, that wraps it up for questions for this week. Thank you so much for everyone who, do, who did send questions to us. We really appreciate it. And if we didn't get to your question, I apologize. Send it to us on Twitter or post it in the main forum of Reddit. And I'm sure somebody will, will get back to you with an answer that you're going to like. So time to wrap this up with some of the fun parts of the show. Let's take a look at the leagues that we're all in, starting with the MLS Fantasy Insider Hosts Head-to-Head League. I got smashed by Paul he hasn't been on the show since the first episode, but he smashed me this week by about 20 points. So not fun. It would have been a lot closer if I'd had that shutout at the end. Uh, Simon, I think your team's next. Yeah, I lost to Travis. Travi the rabbi uh, is what he goes by on MLS Fantasy, I think. Or maybe that's yep. on Twitter. No, I forget. Um, or maybe it's both. Anyway, Travis had a pretty decent week. It was kind of close. He beat me by nine points, but so I guess that's not really that close. Uh, my three guys not playing killed me. Travis had a full full stock of teams, so I'm going to make some excuses there. If talking about close, though, Jason. Yeah, I don't know how I managed to win with 39 points. I think, I, I don't know, I, I think I'm in eight or ten um, head-to-head leagues, and I won. I only lost two of them, so... I'm not the only one who had a bad week, but yeah, 39 <laughs> to 33. So keeping my number one spot in the hosts head to head. I don't feel like I deserve it, but I don't know. <laughs> we're we're, we're chipping away. Know. We're chipping away at you. We're coming back. And then moving on to the uh, our fantasy MLS league, big congrats goes out to Schuler Redpath, fellow MLS fantasy expert this this year. And his team at Alabama Arsenal with 107 points. Holy crap. Whoa. Holy crap. That was big time. Big money, no way. I think the top score might – I think I said 107 earlier, but I think that was that was a Schuler score. I think it was 117, so that was right up there for some of the best ones this week. Congrats, man. Congrats. And so I don't have any – your team might be hot garbage quotes this week. I did enjoy the one that Jason shared with us. I do have some funny team names or at least ones that I enjoyed. John Ward had FC Shaker Maker, and I just enjoyed that. And then there was Gustavo Garcia, who was team Left Shark, which was a nice little bit of nostalgia for me, especially since I've been seeing all this deflate gate stuff junk on my TV recently. So it was good to think of the happy times from the Super Bowl. And Left Shark was definitely one. And then finally, Joseph Sims, who had a name that really got me to chuckle out loud, and it was Pep Gorgonzola. I liked <laughs> that. I liked that a lot. Did you guys check out any of the team names? Or do you have any any uh, hot garbage quotes? 
I don't, but Pep Gorgonzola, that's hilarious. I think that's pretty funny. So. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Get out then. Well, that's all that we have for the show this week. Please be sure to share it with your friends and just encourage others to listen. We, we hope to increase our audience some, especially keep the numbers strong. As I know some people tend to wane during the season. If you have any ideas for how we can improve the show, please send me an email at mlsfantasyboss at gmail.com. Please feel free to tweet me on Twitter at, at MLSFantasyBoss or always stop by Reddit. There, there will be a thread for this show and others where you can respond to with suggestions. Otherwise, like us, review us. We're on iTunes. We are on... Um, what are we on, Simon? Stitcher. SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Stitcher. We're on all those big three right there. And uh, you can even listen to it in the web, in through the web browser that I post on the article at MLS Fancy Boss. We've got some new prizes, like I mentioned last week, with some headsets and some keyboards and, and wireless speakers. I'm going to detail those in the next couple of weeks. So just know there are some pretty sweet things coming up. And plugs. Do you guys have any plugs? Nah. Mm, nah. Maybe Jay Wu's going to have some new tools for you. That's a, a teaser plug right there. I'll do it. He'll It'll do it. At the end of the night. I'm on it. <laughs> oh, snap. Promises we can or can't keep. Uh, well, that's all I have. Just be sure to check out the articles from all the fantasy experts on MLSsoccer.com's website, all of the experts that hang out at MLSfantasyboss.com, and the great community at r slash Reddit. That's not what it is r slash fantasy mls at reddit that community and uh yeah that's all we got going on travis will be gone for a few while a few weeks when he is on vacation and i wanted to mention it earlier but i forgot antioch could not be here with us tonight because he's watching pitch perfect two with his wife so be sure to tweet him on twitter which sounds redundant as i'm saying it right now he is at jj underscore dirty about why he bailed on the podcast to go watch pitch perfect 2 that's all i've got come on thank you for listening and good luck